car repair, the nightmare of the Western world. You don't know the difference between the catalytic converter and the powertrain, the carburetor and the camshaft. You've been ripped off endlessly by unscrupulous mechanics who've charged hundreds or thousands of dollars. You're sick of feeling like a complete idiot, and you just don't want to take it or pay for it anymore. Well, your life's about to change. Meet Pam Oaks, ASE certified and top-notch auto technician host, shop owner, and author of Car Care for the Clueless, or how to make money while maintaining a vehicle. She'll answer your questions and teach you how to talk car talk. Get under the hood right now with Pam. Welcome back to another episode and a brand new year. How you can become a savvy car care consumer by listening to our show Car Care for the Clueless. On this week's episode, we're going to be talking to Pablo Sarmiento, who's a regular on our show. He's a master ASC L1 certified technician. And we're going to talk about cooling systems and how vital a cooling system is for your vehicle. And also on this episode, we're going to have a cheap car care tip. Actually, this is from my experience. It's going to benefit you. We have Peter Sudak, our gadget guru, back with another economically priced gadget for our vehicle. We have our trouble service bulletins. And this week, we're going to talk about Infinity and Nissan navigation system software updates and Buick LaCrosse and Regal reprogramming updates for the drivability of these two Buick vehicles. And of course, we have our email question of the week. We have Jill from North Carolina, and she's kind of puzzled when she's supposed to be changing her oil. She's reading things online. She's listening to her ASC certified technician, and she just wants an honest, straightforward opinion, and we have that for her. And let's not forget our sponsors, Jasper Engines and Transmissions, 100% associate owned and operated. Why replace your vehicle due to a transmission or engine failure? It's more economically feasible to replace the part than replace the vehicle. And with a three-year, 100,000-mile warranty, how can you go wrong? So if you're in a position that you need an engine or a transmission, ask for Jasper by name. And let's not forget Continental Tires. I personally have Continental General Tires on my vehicle, on my mom's vehicle. And you know, if mom's not happy, nobody's happy. And my mom loves her Continental Tires. So if you're out shopping for new sneakers for your car or truck, ask for Continental by name. You won't be disappointed in your choice. They're great tires, it's a great ride, and a great warranty. Can't miss out. So let's get on with our show. New year, new topic, and this week we're going to be talking about how important it is for your antifreeze or coolant, which is one of the same. How important is it to keep up with this? So we're going to give our ASC L1 Master Technician, Pablo Sarmiento, a call. And uh, we're going to put it in layman's terms, and hopefully you can understand. And remember, in the back of your mind while we're discussing this, think about your car. Think about what you have done recently with a coolant system, or if you hadn't, about getting it checked. Like I said, keep this in mind, and let's talk to Pablo. Well, hi, Pam. How you doing? I'm doing good, just busy, busy. Oh, I know. It's that time of year. We've been talking to our listeners about antifreeze and coolant and what the difference is between the two. And I was wondering, how important is antifreeze for your engine in this winter or any winter? How important? Well, <laughs> let's put it this way. If you were using only water for your vehicle's engine, mm -hmm. it would freeze at temperatures 
just below 32 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, which could end up uh, creating lots of damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a lot of if, us. Yeah. Where it, with a 50% antifreeze mixture, for most coolants, it would make it good to like minus 34 degrees. <laughs> we don't want to be out in that, do we? Yeah, a big difference. Uh, you know, yeah. like 66 degrees difference or something. Yeah. But uh, uh, let me tell you some things about antifreeze. The reason why it is also referred as coolant is because its primary function is to transfer heat from the engine to the radiator, where then it is dissipated into the air. The second function is uh, to inhibit corrosion. And the third is uh, freeze and boiling protection. In addition... Uh, the coolant has to it has to lubricate the water pump, so it gotta have some kind of additive there to lubricate the water pump seal. Otherwise, it'll go out prematurely. Oh so, yes. Yeah. So yeah, I'll I'll say it is important. Let's give our listeners a little automotive history. Uh, when did cars start using antifreeze slash coolant? <laughs> You're good on history. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like it too. a little. Yeah, a little history here, yeah, I would say it's in order. But uh, when the first water-cooled combustion engines appeared, mm-hmm. uh, as I already implied, they started to use water. Pro- problem is, in winter, they froze, and the engine would burst. So what did they do? They started to add methanol to the water uh, to lower the freezing point. Mm-hmm. So you can just imagine that uh, mo- probably more than one guy out there probably put some moonshine in the radiator, <laughs> you know, after all. Yeah. It is some kind of an alcohol, you know. That would work. So here's one little drink for you, car, and another little drink for me so we don't freeze, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but, sure that had happened very, very often back then. Yeah, well, yeah. now the problem is that... Uh, when the temperatures got a little warmer, then the water boiled too quick. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that went on for a while. Uh, and then ethylene glycol came into the scene. Voila! Antifreeze was born. But, uh, yeah, the ethylene yeah. glycol was invented by a French scientist in the mid-1800s. And at the time, it was used primarily for military vehicles and aeroplanes, uh, I would say until the early 1900s when it became available to the private sector. I was not aware of that. That's interesting. Yeah. 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 Oh, and by the way, uh, during World War One, right. they, they used it as an ingredient uh, in explosives. Now, today, the plastic industry, mm-hmm. they, they make all kind of things with it, you know, as a component, for example, uh, uh, polyester fibers. And they also make uh, cold drink plastic bottles. I mean, that's just one oh, yeah. small component of all these other things that these chemists put together in order to make these bottles. But, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's odd to me because... Uh, We're wearing that, uh, Putting that into a, a water bottle you're going to drink out of, and this stuff is supposed to be, you know, uh, lethal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, well, I uh, knew they made it in the clothing. We were just saying how it's harmful if you ingested them, you know. Yeah, yeah, I got I to tell you the fact of the matter is, um, let, let me tell you, the, today, nowadays, 
there are like two primary types of glycol used in coolant. Uh, one is ethylene glycol, mm-hmm. the other one is propylene glycol. Uh, and ethylene glycol is very, very poisonous to humans and animals. Right. Uh, and yeah, if ingested, uh, yeah. And, and to top it all off, this stuff is sweet. So children and animals are a, a great concern. Oh yeah, and, yeah, and for that, for that reason, every person handling these coolants must take uh, the proper precautions. Mm-hmm. By the way, uh, lately I have seen some manufacturers. They've been doing something good regarding that. They've been adding a bitter, a bitter additive to the coolant. Oh, that's and good. That's right. And, and the other day I got a bottle of coolant. Uh, and and it, it had a, a label at front stating that, and I'm going like, why don't they all do this, you know? Mm-hmm. I wasn't aware that somebody was doing that. That's good. That right. is good. That's right. Now, the second type is propylene glycol, uh, which is much less harmful. However, regardless which one you're handling, if it has been already used, it is mm-hmm. dangerous because oh, the, yeah. cool, the coolants, they absorb heavy metals from the cooling system, and that is the reason why uh, you recycle and dispose this accordance with the law, and uh, this is precisely why long-life coolants are an advantage to our society. Less mm-hmm. pollutants. Less, yes, I was just going to say, you know, less pollutants. People don't realize that it actually gets an electrical charge, too, you know. That's right. That yeah, is right. Pulling all those heavy metals and has electrical charge. It's just nasty stuff coming out of there. That is right. One more thing worth mentioning is that uh, the additives they put in coolant, such as uh, anti foams, uh, corrosion inhibitors, and lubricants, they do wear out and they're no longer active. And then bad things start happening to the engine, you know, like they oh, start yeah. corroding from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, uh, you know, water pump, freeze plugs, everything starts going out. And that's the reason why uh, you need to change the coolant at manufacturers recommended intervals. And by the way, uh, regular and long-life coolants, they both use glycol. They're both glycol-based. The difference is that the long-life uh, coolant uses different corrosion inhibitor matter of, made out of some organic acid salts. And that's good. You know, that's just good all around for the environment. Yes. Talking about how the corrosion builds up, how many times have we taken a pump off or a radiator and we looked inside and it's just absolutely nasty? Now, on the outside, it looks like there's nothing wrong with it. That's right. We've seen some of these water pumps for the impeller is, uh, is totally eaten up completely. There's hardly no impeller left inside of it. That's why it's important to change it out when it's due, though. So uh, why don't you tell us about the different types of antifreeze slash coolant and, you know, how it's different for each car nowadays? Uh, well, you know, uh, because there are uh, many variables, uh, the best answer I can give you, because people ask me, okay, along those lines, what's the best coolant to put in my car? And, and I'll say the best answer I can give you is check your owner's manual or ask your parts professional to check if, check it by application. Mm-hmm. We, we, the service technicians, as you already know, uh, we have our own sources, but whatever you do, okay, this would be for our listeners, whatever you do, don't start to use just any coolant or mixing colors. 
uh, all those. Some, yeah, some sources, they tell you that if you flush the cooling system uh, with water, you can change to their brand. I myself, I strongly suggest that, uh, that you check uh, whatever your manufacturer's endorsing. And, and one simple reason is that gaskets are designed differently and of, of various materials from one car to another. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, you know, for an example, we had that one in there and somebody added water. And you weren't supposed to add anything to that. And remember, it was just like goo. And that's right. That's yeah. right. And, and, yeah, it's just plain important. It's just all this additive. The, the, if, if the additives on the coolant are active, they can definitely keep the system trouble-free for so much longer, you know. And that's oh, the reason know. why you do the services at the proper intervals. That's all. Thank you, Pablo. Thank you for taking the time out. It's always a pleasure talking with you. Boy, yeah, you're welcome, Pam, anytime. Thank you, and we'll talk to you soon. And before we leave this topic, I'm going to give you a story. And this isn't to scare you or anything like that, but we want you to be a savvy car care consumer, and we want you to keep that money in your wallet. True story, we had a customer come in, they had a hybrid, and somebody thought they were going to actually be a good Samaritan and do them a favor and top off their antifreeze slash coolant level well unfortunately they didn't put in there what belongs in there and the vehicle got towed in and it was a mess it was like gel not quite formed jello it what a mess i can't even describe it it was just a mess and it was a very 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 expensive fix for the customer because they had to pay us to clean this out that's why it's always very, very important. First of all, always be involved in your personal car. Second of all, always make sure if you're adding anything that you know for a fact that this is the product that belongs in your car. If you're not sure, you ask your ASC certified technician. They're going to guide you in the right direction. Don't go off of an auto parts store. Don't go off of your neighbor who does car repair on the side. You want to make sure because ultimately you're the one paying for the mistake. Lesson learned. And this is Car Care for the Clueless. I'm your host, Pam Oaks. And if you're just tuning in, you just missed out on a very interesting topic of cooling systems on vehicles. And we're not talking about the AC. We're talking about the cooling system for the engine. Extremely important now that we're in the depths of winter. ASC Master L1 Technician Pablo Sarmiento and I have uh, quite an interesting conversation regarding that. We also have our cheap car care tip coming up, and actually I have a funny story with that, and that's based on my own experience and a fix for that. Very cheap, as in cheap car care tip. Peter Sudak, our gadget guru, he's coming up with another economically priced gadget. We have our trouble service bulletins coming up, our email question of the week. Jill from North Carolina has an interesting one regarding oil changes. So let's get on with the show. And boy, do I have a story for you. True story that happened a few weeks ago. And I can already hear you guys going, oh my God, yes, because it's that bad. But we have a cure for it. And for those of you that this has happened to or... It will happen in the future, I'm sure, with everything going on, lose track of time, so on and so forth. This is our cheap car care tip of the week. 
And believe it or not, it's something that we put in our fridge, we put in our laundry, it's been in our cookies and our baking. It's Arm & Hammer. I went grocery shopping uh, a couple Saturdays ago. And when I got my items out of the back of the vehicle, now the vehicle, I have a two-door, the hatchback. One of the items went from the back of the hatch in behind the driver's seat. Well, I thought that the grocery store just may have not placed it in a bag. And for a dollar item, I was like, oh, forget it. Well, unfortunately for me, I shouldn't have said, oh, forget it. I should have looked in the car because a frozen pre-cooked package of turkey sausage fermented in the car for four days before I got back into the car again. I don't drive this car too often. It had been sitting in the garage and I thought it was due for a run. Well, I opened up the door of that and let me tell you, the stench was unbelievable. And I'm sure this has happened to others before, but I've got a quick fix for this. And it's Arm & Hammer baking soda. A box of Arm & Hammer, what, if you get it at a premium store, is like two bucks? It works. It is a miracle worker, let me tell you. Treated it onto the carpet where this package of turkey sausage went behind the driver's seat and kind of tucked itself in there. I applied the Arm & Hammer, I aired the car out, and guess what, folks? No smell. I was very, very, very fortunate for what it was. It was already pre-cooked. But still, that stench is unmistakable. So for horrible odors in your car, let me tell you, a box of Armor & Hammer, it does a trick. And that's our cheap car care tip for the week. So let's continue on, and we're going to go to our trouble service bulletins. This week, we have two trouble service bulletins that are actually recall campaigns. And the first one's going to be for a Nissan or it's going to be for an Infiniti. They have a voluntary service campaign. They have a navigation software update for vehicles that are under three years, 36,000 miles. What it is is your iPod functions may not be working like they're supposed to be when you interface with the car. And they actually have a programming fix for this. And, you know, this even covers for a vehicle if you purchased a used vehicle and you're still under your three years 36, they're covering it under that as well. And the dealership's going to reprogram this for you. So this is campaign reference number ITB1031A. Again, that's ITB1031A. And let's get on with the Buick. That's also a recall. And they're having a ECM reprogramming for a stall at a stop sign. In layman's terms, this means that Buick is actually going to reprogram the computer that runs your engine. And they have a fix for some of them that are stalling at stop signs. This is for the Buick LaCrosse and Buick Regal as well. They have this reprogram to make it stop stalling at stop signs. And this bulletin number is going to be 10316. Again, that's 10316. And all you have to do is go over there. You're under your three-year, 36,000-mile warranty. It's a new car. Have them do it. Both of these trouble service bulletins that I mentioned today are freebies. Remember, there is no out-of-pocket cost to you. They are free. So please, if you have a Nissan, get a hold of your Nissan dealer. And if you have a Buick... LaCrosse or Regal, 
Get a hold of your Buick dealer and get this fixed. The best price out there. It's free. And now it's time to talk to everybody's favorite gadget guru, Peter Sudak. He's back with us today. And hello, Peter. Hi, Pam. How are you today? Good. New year, a new group of gadgets. What do you have for us this week? Well, I, you remember us talking in the past about that one cooler that was, you plug in the cigarette lighter, it would keep stuff cold? Oh, yeah. Mom and Dad have that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now they've got one that'll keep stuff hot or cold. All in one? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty nice. And it works the same way. It plugs into your cigarette lighter. Um, so basically, if you're in the cold weather, up skiing or something, and you want to keep something warm, like get yourself warmed up. Like I went skiing once. It, it can get a little chilly there. Mm-hmm. And it keeps the food nice and hot for you, or if, you know, if you're having a gathering or whatnot, or if you need cold stuff like a soda pop or beer or whatever you have it'll keep it nice and cold you know either way so that's a it works the the same way as on the other one plugs into the cigarette lighter well that's pretty neat so it's not only keeps things cold but it can keep things warm too yeah exactly like say if you're having a party or whatnot you needed to transport you know tailgate yeah yeah, like a, having a potluck dinner or something down the street or in another neighborhood, just plop it in this thing and plug Oh, so it it's in. not that big. Okay. And then take it over. And, you know, skiing in California and leaving the mountain and a couple hours later being warm again doesn't count, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm a big sissy when it comes to the cold. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't count, and I can hear a bunch of other people nodding their heads right now. Yep. No, that does not count. <laughs> no, that don't count. How much is this object? They run forty nine ninety five, and you can you can get them online and at the box stores. Oh, that's nice. That's reasonably priced too. Yeah. Just like you always get us something reasonably priced. That's right, very it, useful. Yeah, for what it does, that's a pretty reasonable price. It'll it'll get you fixed up both ways now. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. Well, thank you, Peter. Talk to you next week with okay. a new gadget. And last but not least, we're going to have our email question of the week. This week's question is from Jill from North Carolina, and she writes, When do I change my oil on my car? She's read conflicting messages on the internet. She's asked her ASC certified technician. They gave her another answer. And basically, Jill, stick with your ASC certified technician. They know best. See, people don't realize that depending upon where you live, And depending upon your driving habits, that will dictate when you change your oil. Uh, For an example, our gadget guru, Peter, he's in South Florida. Peter changes his engine oil every 3,000 miles. His car is considered severe duty. He's in a lot of stop-and-go traffic. He's in temperatures above 90 degrees for about four months out of the year. And this constitutes severe duty according to his manufacturer. Now, your manufacturer may not consider that severe duty, which I feel is highly unlikely, but each manufacturer has their own definition. And basically, in a nutshell, when you check them all out, it will show that severe duty will constitute stop-and-go traffic If you do not drive your car more than five miles in one direction for one trip, say like going to work, going to the grocery store, 
The manufacturers want that engine to warm up, and there's a specific reason for that. It's for your fuel economy, and sensors and actuators work the best after the engine's been warmed up, of course. They're the most accurate. So they want you to go more than five miles. As a matter of fact, one of the manufacturers had a bulletin on a drivability issue quite a few years ago for people who drove less than five miles. They were actually having stalling, hesitation, so on and so forth. And that's because they weren't getting the engine up to operating temperature properly. Or mountainous terrain, that's another indication of severe duty. Another severe duty component is temperatures below 32. Well, let's look around us. How much of the population is in temperatures below 32 right now? That's quite a few of us folks, isn't it? Also, dirty roads, dusty roads, roads with a lot of road salt or chemical on it. This also constitutes for most manufacturers as severe duty. Now, how often should you change your oil if you have severe duty? Well, some say 3,000, some say 5,000. That's why it's very important to ask your ASC certified technician. Another thing too, let's not forget about those tires. Not only are we supposed to be checking the tire pressure every month. Remember I told you to choose your birth date like the 20th. And on the 20th of each month, have your tire and fluid levels checked. Well, for your tire rotation, this is extremely important as well. And this also is regional. For an example, we'll use our gadget guru, Peter Sudak, again. He is down in South Florida, and Florida has a tendency that they will use a shell mix, shell limestone mix. And that is very, very, very coarse, which makes it very hard on the tires. Combine that with the heat and it kind of beats up that rubber a little bit more than that test track that gave the speed rating and the mileage rating on that tire. So if you go farther north and you have concrete or asphalt, it's going to be a lot easier on that tire. And therefore, you're going to rotate it less often than Peter does down in Florida. So again, ask your ASC certified technician they'll give you the straight skinny and go off of that. I mean, the internet and your neighbor, they're great resources, but always double check. Be a good reporter and always double check your sources. And your best source, ASC Blue Seal Shop, the dealership, or ASC Certified Technician. So Jill and our listeners, I hope that little tidbit helps you out. And that was our email question of the week. And that concludes another episode of Car Care for the Clueless. I'm your host, Pam Oaks, and we'd like to thank ASC Master L1 Certified Technician Pablo Sarmiento for joining us today. Of course, Peter Sudak, our gadget guru. We picked on him a couple of times this broadcast, and we'd like to thank him for his help. And again, thank you, Jill from North Carolina, with your email question of the week. And again, a big thank you to our sponsors, Continental Tires. If you're in need of new sneakers for your car or truck, Continental is the tire for you. Whether you're looking for a snow or all-season tire, Continental is recognized in Consumer Reports as one of the top tire manufacturers. Remember, tires are one of the most important components you purchase for your vehicle. They directly affect your steering and braking. So ask for Continental the next time you purchase tires. It's a great product. And a thank you to Jasper Engines. 
Jasper Engines and Transmissions, 100% associate-owned and operated. For years, I've installed Jasper Engines and Transmissions into my customers' vehicles. They have a great warranty, 3 or 100,000 mile, and it's cheaper than replacing the entire car or truck. Which, in these economic times, is not so cost-effective for a lot of vehicle owners. So if you're in need of an engine or a transmission, ask for Jasper by name. And again, the whole premise behind this is to have you become a car-savvy consumer and keep that money in your wallet. And we'll be talking to you next week. Take care. Thanks for joining us today. Please make sure to come back next week for another edition of Car Care for the Clueless. And don't forget to look for Pam's book, Car Care for the Clueless, or How to Make Money While Maintaining a Vehicle. You'll find it on our website. Just click on the icon Host Website right in front of you on the webtalkradio.net page. See you next week.